Welcome to the Exec MBA Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Twitty, and you are listening to a new episode. So if you are a longtime listener uh, to the Exec MBA Podcast, you've likely noticed we have a brand new theme song. Indeed, uh, this theme song was written and recorded by our very own Gemba Format student in our class of 2020, Brian Larson, also friend of the podcast. He was interviewed for the Exec MBA podcast in episode 60. Hopefully you've had a chance to listen to that episode. If not, go back and check it out. Uh, we're really excited about our new theme music and a big shout out to Brian and a thank you to him for taking the time to uh, write us a song. So in this episode of the podcast, I'd like to feature a conversation I recently recorded with one of our Global Executive MBA format students in our class of 2019, Shristi Kaufman. Uh, we talked with Shristi a little bit more about her background, uh, how she decided to pursue an MBA, and what she has really enjoyed about her experience as a Gimba format student at Darden. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Shristi Kaufman. Shristi? Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Brad. Glad to be here. All right. So you were a member of our class of 2019 uh, at the time of this interview, yes. I should say, about to graduate. <laughs> yes, indeed. Hard to believe. I'm sure, <laughs> Ready um, for it. <laughs> exactly. So um, tell our listeners just a little bit more about who you are. What's your background? Sure. Uh, so my name is Shristi Kaufman, and I work as the Director of Compensation and Talent Management at Rally Health. Uh, that's a digital tech health company based right here in Georgetown. And personally, uh, I also live in D.C. with my husband and our chocolate lab, Tucker. So um, when you were thinking about pursuing an MBA, uh, what, were the, what, were, what was going through your mind? What ultimately led you to say, this is what I want to do? So uh, MBA for me was always part of the plan. When I graduated from undergrad, my hope was that I would work for a year or two and then apply for a residential format MBA. What actually happened in my case was the first job I took out of uh, took out of college, I loved. I kept growing in my company. So the decision to apply to and the timing of it was probably the most difficult decision for me. And in fact, how I made the decision was completely by accident. I was at a Caps game. It was hosted by Deloitte, uh, which is my husband's employer. And I just happened to be talking to a partner there who ran their entire, I think, um, programs for MBAs. And I asked him point blank, should I quit my job to get an MBA? And what he told me was, never give up your career momentum for an MBA. And honestly, I took that feedback to heart. It was very much, I was in that um, mind frame at that point. So I kept doing what he told me. I kind of just kept uh, advancing in my career. And then I found out about this program. So it was almost a perfect fit because it allowed me to get a degree that I always knew I wanted while never giving up my career. Uh, to It was a win-win situation, at least for me. Right. So the executive formats obviously allow you to continue working um, and uh, while pursuing your degree. I'm curious, what attracted you to the global executive MBA format? Well, let's see. I grew up in Nepal, so I always had a bit of this international background. I speak three languages fluently, but these were all very personal traits, right? I didn't have a business context uh, in terms of what is it about running a business internationally, that always fascinated me based on who I was. 
And the global executive program, I love to travel as well. So why not travel the world with my friends while getting to meet some of the most impressive business leaders? The companies that we visit on these trips are fantastic. So it, honestly, anytime a student comes to me and says, do I pick an EMBA format or a GEMBA format? My answer is GEMBA all the way. If you can swing it with your uh, job, it's just a no-brainer. Yeah, we always get that question from prospective students. How do students choose one or the other? And what I always come back to is, all right, so there's a schedule and time component. Uh, but ultimately, over the 21 months of the program, it's really only like nine days difference exactly. between the two. Um, so the the way that I express it, and I'm curious if this, this aligns with how you thought about it. It's you know, students who choose Gimba just want to do as many po- many things as possible while they're here. They want to travel to as many places and really, really have the maximum experience because for many of our students, this is their last significant educational experience. Yep. And when else are you going to go to some of the places we go to and experience as an academic, but also in a business setting? I think it's one thing to visit a country as a tourist. It's another thing to do it in this format. So, and time commitment, it shocks me how little time commitment it truly is from EMBA versus GEMBA. And I think that's hard to know when you're going through the application process. There's just so much information thrown at you. You just don't mean it's overwhelming, right? But if you really sit down and look, my GEMBA quarters are actually better for me professionally at work because I'm physically there more. I'm simply gone one week, uh, which is really five business days, which honestly, I think most companies can accommodate. Yeah. So for those of you wondering how these week-long global residencies work, they run typically Sunday to Saturday. um, And students will travel in at different times. It's been fun. Uh, Our 2020 students are in quarter four right now, which is the China Global Mm -hmm. Residency. So it's been fun to see the students posting about their side trips to Hong Kong or maybe arriving early. Did you add any side trips to the Global Residency? So I'm probably one of the lucky ones. I have unlimited vacation as part of my job, which is why I didn't want to quit that job, right? Uh, No, I'm very fortunate. I have a very, very supportive employer. My manager has been nothing but supportive. I do have unlimited vacations. Because of that, I've actually extended every single one of my global trips. Um, And those are actually the fun ones, which is, you know, let's not kid ourselves. The week with Darden, it's mentally stimulating, but by the end of it, you're brain dead. So it's nice to be able to extend a day or two to just unwind and experience the city as a tourist as well. So I personally did it all. Yeah, we do say that these are work trips. Right? These <laughs> Indeed. are business trips when you are traveling on a global residency. Uh, about half the time you're in class, so you're traveling with Darden faculty and, and learning core subject matter. And then half the time you may be visiting businesses, having cultural experiences. But you're right. This is not quite like being a tourist. Nope. It, so it's honestly, if you can swing it, you want to do that as well, which is uh, what I did. So having gone on that comparative view, uh, for your class, you went to South Africa, mm-hmm. China, Western Europe, which is Paris and Berlin, yep. and India. How did going to all those four places shape your outlook, your, how you think about business? What's the takeaway? The takeaway, I would say, is no matter which part of the world you are at, you're dealing with people. Um, and and that's probably something I undervalued coming into an MBA program, which is if you had asked me, and I think this is one of the questions you get asked on the application, why do you want to get an MBA? You know, my answer was I wanted to learn the business side of the things, which is how do you do evaluation? Uh, 
And yes, that's important. And you do learn that. But ultimately, running a business is about managing people, working with people. And no matter which part of the world we were at, some of the problems at the core were people problems. And, you know, having that background in human capital, I appreciated that personally. Uh, it's something I don't even think uh, I took it for granted because I think that's what I did for my day-to-day job. Uh, but I didn't realize how much and how many doors it can open. And at the end of the day, I think as long as you have a good foundation with business and people, it doesn't matter where you're doing business. Um, so, yeah. It's interesting to me, the more I talk with people about how the program has impacted them personally and professionally, you do hear more of this interpersonal dimension, the mm-hmm. self-awareness, communication skills, executive presence, all these kinds of things. And you're right. You know, the technical concerns may have led someone to think, oh, I need an MBA, but what has lasting impact for someone might be more on the soft skill or, or interpersonal side. It definitely is. And I would even say, you mentioned it, self-awareness, which is, I think what Darden has done really well is a lot of these skill sets we already have to a certain degree. It's probably how we got into the program in the first place. But what Darden does really well is it unlocks all these capabilities that you already had within you, and it teaches you to apply it to different work settings, business opportunities, and the support you get from the community, that's what makes this a win-win scenario. I, I, I mean, I don't know how you guys do it, but somehow you've managed to bring together some of the most amazing people in a cohort together. That's, I mean, every single one of my classmates that are amazing, you sometimes look at your stuff and it's like, well, how did I make it in here, right? But yet, everyone's also so willing to help one another out. I don't think that's necessarily the case in every work teams or even other schools. I can't speak for that. But what I can speak for is this self-awareness and interpersonal connection within the cohort. It's something that makes Darden a special place. You're right to to note some of these cultural considerations, because I think when people ask us about our admissions process, we stress that the sort of academic questions, you know, can someone do the work of the program? Those are in some ways easy to answer. Can someone be successful here is as much a cultural question as it is an academic question. How you're going to relate to your classmates? What's your perspective in class? You know, are you mm-hmm. willing to learn from others in addition to share your expertise? I mean, all these things are on our minds. And so oh, it makes us feel pretty good when you say, gosh, I'm so interested in all the people I'm learning with, or I feel like I have a great team or a great group of people in the, in the classroom with me. So oh, you um, did a great job. Let me just take a moment and say, like, I don't know how you do it, but you did it. And I'm so thankful that you sort of put us all together. And we went through this amazing two years, tough two years, but an amazing two years together. Well, part of the challenge is, you know, you know, Darden is, is not easy case method. Nope. School. <laughs> so I'm curious. I mean, so you can say all the, the life stuff is part of it too, right? Juggling, you know, work and life in school simultaneously. Um, and then you have Darden case method. How did you think about, you know, sort of adjusting to going, going back to school and balancing all these things? You know, what were some of the tactics or approaches that you found helpful? So I would say before Darden, I would say I was a type A planner. I would now say Darden's made me a recovering type A personality because I don't think you can plan it all out. Uh, That has been the biggest uh, reflection for me personally because 
I mean, I, I remember when I met my husband, I sort of gave him a 10-year plan of how our life would go. <laughs> he still married me. We're still good, <laughs> right? So all that said and done, it led me to Darden, that prep. But I think what Darden has taught me is you can't plan every single aspect of your life. Yes, it's demanding. I work at a very, very high growth demanding tech company. I was working crazy hours. And if I can manage it with that workload and the workload of Darden, I truly think anyone that's put their mind to it can do it. It's about being comfortable letting some of the balls drop. I think it's going to be asking for more at work from a support perspective, asking for more at home. I mean, I talk about how supportive my partner has been in all of this. It's one of those things I don't think if I didn't have that support at work, at home, Darden would have been really, really difficult. Um, but I did. And I think that's also because I was willing to ask for help. A lot of times, you know, people internalize how much you have to do. But guess what? It's not a battle that it's not just you. You've got a community. And even Darden is really supportive of, you know, if you've got something going on at home and you can't turn in this assignment or make it to class, I found that professors have been really uh, human about it. They get it. Well, they understand the population. Exactly. Right? Um, your time commitments are a little different than maybe a full-time residential student. Exactly. Um, so when you choose to teach executive format students, you understand that some of this comes with it. Um, so when you look back, I mean, as, pre as I noted at the outset, you know, you're about to graduate. Yes. Um, when you look back on the learning experience um, and the time you've had here, what are some of the fav your favorite things? Uh, the trips, the Gemba trips definitely top it. There are specific moments there. And also just our on-grounds. Because of our format, uh, we only do see each other once a month. And you want to treasure that. You know, part of getting an MBA is also the network. And uh, I was worried about it coming into this program with this format, not being uh, in the classroom every single day with my classmates. I don't think that is a concern anymore because I truly think you get to know the people. And at least for me being in DC area, there are so many of us just locally that uh, we just get to hang out. And if I had to think of a big takeaway, it's going to be the people I'm taking with me as I'm graduating. Yes. The knowledge is there. If I ever need a refresher, I, I know exactly who I need to get in touch with. Uh, but it's going to be the relationships that I'm walking away with. So you've also been involved with a, club while you're yes. here. So the Executive Student Investment Fund, uh, for, on a historical note, our oldest student organization in the executive yes. formats, we have six in case you're, you're wondering how many clubs or organizations we have specifically for executive format students. Mm -hmm. ESIF, as yeah. it is known, is one of them. And Shristi is one of the club leaders. Do you want yes. to talk a little bit more about yeah. this club? Um, so I'm the chief operating officer for ESIF and I joined the club really, this was more of a personal passion more so than what I did professionally. So because of that, for me, it was more about learning more personally, but also to give students an opportunity to get more involved in the investment community. Our investment officer is one of the most uh, brilliant man you'll ever get in a conversation with. So it's nice to surround yourself with brilliant minds because you're just absorbing everything you can from them. So and as part of the organization, one of the things we've been able to do is bring in some amazing speakers. So again, you look at the profile of our class, 
you know, everyone's a busy professional. When we're all together once a month, you want to cram in as many goodness as you can in these weekends. And uh, I'm excited and proud that we were able to bring an amazing speaker that sort of talked about just the larger investment strategy that this person and the firm applied. Um, so, yeah. And again, I think it's about just surrounding yourself with good people. Yeah. So I, it's been it's been fun to see, you know, the club host speakers and how do you find time for all of this though? Right. So the on grounds are, are packed. We always tell people you need to have done all your work before the on grounds because yep. there's a, there's a ton of, of stuff that happens socially and academically around this on grounds residencies. How are you also finding time in the middle of all of this uh, to be involved with the club? I think it boils down to what you're passionate about, right? If you enjoy what you're doing, you will find time to do it. Um, and keep in mind, it's not just me, right? There's a team that's pulling all of these uh, events together. There's a team that's doing everything. So as long as you're willing to leverage the support around you, anything's possible. I think that's what Darden's taught us. Like there is literally nothing you cannot do. Uh, it's all in your head. As long as you sort of like extend that arm, reach out to the people you need to, uh, there's a support system that's going to make sure that you can achieve whatever you want to achieve. So um, how do you feel the program has affected you at work? You know, has it made you a better employee? Has it changed your perspective, how you think about the work that you're doing? Um, I will say I was a bit worried getting into the program in terms of my time commitment at work. Um, at the time, I actually, my manager, my current manager had just started. So I was starting fresh with a manager I'd never worked before. So personally, I was worried because my former manager was quite supportive. So there were a lot of what ifs and ambiguity, but you would be surprised. I think I was fortunate that I had a very supportive employer and a manager. As long as you don't drop your ball, you know, you don't drop balls at work and you're getting the work done, people understand what you're doing. And if anything, Darn's actually made me a better employee because I am bringing uh, immediate ROI from things I've learned as part of my coursework and applying them at work. There's no better experiential learning than this, to be completely honest. Um, and before Darden, I think I was worried. I don't want my employer to look at me as, you know, I have one foot out the door. It's been the opposite for me. I think my manager sees the value I'm bringing to the team because of my uh, education. And I was actually promoted while in the program. So, you know, you think about a lot of things before you're in this journey, but trust the process. That's what Darden loves to say. Trust the process. It does work out in the end. So obviously graduation, you'll get some time back in your life. Yes. As, as we've <laughs> talked about here. Um, but what's next for you? Where do you see, I mean, there's a lot that happens at the end of the program where we ask students to sort of reflect on, you know, the experience they've had and where they see themselves going. If you had to project out five, 10 years, what, what, what do you see for yourself? Can I just think the next three months? Okay, sure. <laughs> no, just kidding. Just jokes aside, at least in the near term, I would just, A, want to spend some time with my family and friends. There were a lot of time that I took away from them to devote to Darden and work, right? So in a short term, I will be hanging out with all my friends that I didn't get to hang out with, seeing my family. But from a career perspective, uh, 
I am probably a climber. So one of the things we've been talking about at work is how do I take this education that I've invested two years in? How do I leverage that to do more than what I'm already doing? So I don't know what that's going to look like right now, but obviously it'll be within my organization. And next five to 10 years, my plans haven't changed. You know, uh, hopefully it is to be in a C-suite over the course of next 15 years. So how do I chart that way? It's a work in progress. Like I said, Darden has made me a recovering type A planner, so I don't have that all buttoned up, but <laughs> we'll get there. Yeah, your point about catching up with family and friends is, is well taken because we do tell people you can't do everything while you're doing this program. And, and there are sacrifices you will likely make in your personal life yes. um, because because work is work. In school, you want to get as much out of this experience as you can. So I think for folks, oftentimes you may miss some weddings, you may miss some parties, you may miss yep. <laughs> um, some of these social obligations, uh, but they come back around. They do. And you know what? Set those expectations up front with your family and friends. They will get it. Um, but it's also, I mean, I don't know what I would do after work, like on any weekends. Like I feel like these days it's been mostly Darden. So I'm really excited to just lounge and watch some Netflix. Uh, that is exciting. And I'm looking forward to that right now. My favorite thing that students report after being out of the program for a little while is like that restlessness that comes with you've just done something that's really you know, challenging and it's pushed you and you have this different feel of your potential and you start trying to figure out what else you can put in its place because now you're like, well, I have this ability to do all this stuff. And so that's always, always. So I think you're going to miss the intellectual environment that you're in with your classmates because at the end of the day, you can only lounge on Netflix for so many weekends. You will miss this. And I've, so one of the cool things I will say, uh, at least some of the, the DC area folks, one of the things we've talked about is sort of doing some kind of reoccurring breakfast club, which is yes, we're not going to be forced to like meet and read cases once a month, but now we can meet minus the cases and just have fun and enjoy each other's company. So that's one thing. I'm looking forward to as well. You're right about the intellectual stimulation because it, it's rare in your professional life to have a group of people who are all equally committed to learning, the professional development, all of these kinds of things that you find to be true when you're in a program like this. Darden Tribe, I kid you not, it's so inspiring coming, you know, as much as we say it's a lot of work, the cases, the discussions. I actually walk away very charged after every month. And I think my manager, my team at work sees it because every, and I'm one of those persons that like is sending cases to my team, which is like, Hey, came across this amazing case. Get that. So I think I will miss that. Uh, but hopefully we can find that or create that within our work teams, um, and these breakfast clubs. So, um, now that you are at this point, um, you sort of reflecting back and thinking about things, what, what advice would you give to a prospective student who is either thinking about pursuing an MBA, thinking about coming to Darden? What would you share? Um, I would say invest the time up front to get to know the school, the program. Um, this is a big time and financial commitment. You want to look back and say you've had the best two years of your life, uh, no matter how hard, it is going to be the best two years of your life. So spend that time. I remember personally for me, I spent a lot of time talking to current students and alums when I was going through the application process. And I actually stopped one of my applications for a top-tier business school 
purely based on, you know, conversations with alums, because you can tell who enjoyed their experience and who didn't. And if that's important to you, the only way you're going to figure it out is these class visits, alum conversations. So do yourself a favor and do that now so you can just have the best time. The whole structure of our recruitment process is relationship based. And so um, we've tried to create an architecture that allows folks to get to know us. So schedule a conversation either on the phone or in person, what we call office hours. Um, as Tristy notes, come for a class visit. That's an essential step, in our opinion. It is. Uh, because the learning experience is unique here. Um, you know, amongst executive MBA programs, we're a case method school. Mm-hmm. And you need to see what that looks like in the classroom dynamic. Um, we have plenty of other events, networking breakfasts, opportunities for you to meet current students, and always happy to connect people with current students and alumni. Because to Tristy's point, I mean, you get the whole Darden community here. Yep. And it is so rich here. Like, I think I was that student that was at every networking event class visit. (laughs) I probably bothered you more than I needed to. But, you know, it has paid off because at the end of the day, Darden was the perfect fit for me. And I can walk away confidently say that. And now when I speak with students, I think they can see how much I've enjoyed my time here. So, you know, that's the least you could do right (laughs) now. It's an important decision. Uh, you gotta, you gotta, you know, get off the web at some point and see what it looks like up yes. close and personal. So we're recording this right before LR2, right? Yes. So the second leadership residency, for those of you who are less familiar with the structure of our program, you start and end the program with a week long experience in Charlottesville, uh, LR1 at the very beginning and LR2 at the very end. So Shristi is on the verge of LR2. Um, what are you looking forward to about this experience or what's on your bucket list as you spend this final week with your class? I think it's honestly um, organizing everything that we have accomplished over the last two years and synthesizing that in a way that gives me a way to sort of look ahead. You know, you earlier talked about what's next. I'm really hoping LR2 is going to give me that framework as I think about my own future and charting my career path uh, from here on forward, and also just celebrating all the hard work that's gone in these last two years. Sometimes you want to take a break and just say, you know what, we did it. Uh, I know the curriculum, I've actually been poking around a little bit. It looks impressive in terms of some of the materials we're going to be discussing. So really excited about that and that last big discussion. And the hurrah, of course, uh, to be in Charlottesville it's always such a different ambiance than being here in Roslyn. So I'm excited to sort of close that out there as well. That's right. And uh, beginning with our class of 2021, both sections will be based here in Roslyn, but there will still be time in Charlottesville. I think it's important for students to be on the grounds there um, as well. So the two leadership residencies will still be delivered in Charlottesville. So best of both worlds, as we like to say. I actually like that, which is personally for me, uh, being in Roslyn is so important from a career perspective. Um, so it's amazing that y'all have done that with the new format. So it's going to be um, fantastic to have all these weekend residencies where the full class is together. So we did the math currently uh, for your class or you know, classes that have known this existing structure with the section in Charlottesville, section in Roslyn. Uh, students would be together twice as a full class, right? Yep. The leadership residencies uh, in the new structure with both sections here in Roslyn, again, with touch points in Charlottesville. 
the class will be together as a full class 14 times. Wow. So you think about just clubs, organizations, yep. social activities, all that's possible when you have 130, 135 people together on those weekends. It's going to be great. That's going to be, and we can crash, right? As alums. <laughs> no prep needed. <laughs> you are always welcome. Uh, that is, uh, that is one of the great things about um, being up here. Uh, we get to experience it as admissions folks um, who are based out of RTC area location. We see alumni all the time. Um, yeah. we, we have that benefit. And so um, you are always welcome back. Awesome. Looking forward to it. Well, Tristy, thank you for taking time out of very busy, busy day for you um, to be on the podcast. It's been a pleasure. Awesome. Thank you, Brett. And that was my conversation with Tristy Kaufman, a Gimba Format student in our class of 2019. As always, if you have any comments, suggestions, requests, anything you'd like for us to cover here on the Exec MBA podcast, we're all ears. We can be reached by email at exec, that's E-X-E-C, MBA at darden.virginia.edu. Until next time, thanks for listening.